Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you, folks. Uh, as always, as always, you just you encourage us. You're a great encouragement to us coming on and listening to us. We continue to work our way through the Book of Proverbs joyfully. Uh, there's no labor here, Stephanie Wesco. This has been an awesome study, looking at what God's Word has to say to us, how it can help us, how it can, you know, bring us to that next level. We we <laughs> want folks to be saved, but you know, our ministry is all about the next step. What's your next step? If you're not saved, you need to be saved. If you are saved, you you need sanctification. If you've been through somewhat of a sanctification process that really lasts your whole life. That's right. Uh, but if you've been through some of that and you're ready to start serving, we want to have all those steps in place for you. And that's what this is all about. So with all that in mind, Stephanie, catch us up. What's going on with you guys? Well, we are in the midst. Um, we started our church revival meetings yesterday. And they were a huge blessing slash challenge slash encouragement yesterday. And so we're excited about that. And then we got our first big snow during the night. So we have got several inches of snow everywhere. And it's not melting. It's 25 degrees here. Wow. So um, so it's looking like Christmas. So let yeah. me tell you, fall stuff is coming down today. And the Christmas trees are coming out. They need to. It's time for Christmas trees. I, I mean, people, don't fight it out there, all right? Don't That's be one right. of these people who put up your direct, you know, your decorations on Christmas Eve or something. Let it go. Get them up, man. That's right. <laughs> be eating your Thanksgiving turkey and put up your Christmas decorations uh, or be looking at them at the same time. They're all up in. Yeah. 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 I used to be religious that you never put up Christmas stuff till after Thanksgiving. Now I'm like, why? Yeah, why? why? I'm yeah. super thankful if the Christmas tree is sitting up in the living room. What is that all about? <laughs> you know, there's so many things I did in my life that I just look back at and say, why? You know, <laughs> why did I do those things? You know, life is so much easier doing things differently now. And I got to mm -hmm. tell you, uh, I'm one of those guys. Thank God for Debbie, because if, if, if I was single, I'd leave Christmas decorations up year round. I'm just being honest with you. They'd never come down. I'd put them on every night, sit there, look at them, sing Christmas songs. That's just who I am. But anyway. Sing Christmas songs with words that were not the ones intent in, you know, in the beginning that were written with that song. No, are you trying to say something? You just love to rewrite Christmas songs. <laughs> you know, anybody can sing the original words. Anybody can <laughs> conform. I'm a nonconformist, man. I, I don't let the man get to me. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm all in, man. I, I march to the beat of a different drummer. I've got a whole orchestra that I march to. So if I want to change a couple of words, I have that liberty. And uh, You do. That's Speaking right. of liberty in you. Well, now, you know what? We're, we're going to leave that alone. 
so here we are. We're in the book of Proverbs chapter 7. But before we go there, you know we have our knuckleheaded segment. So we do the knuckleheaded segment for a few reasons. First, we, we want people uh, to know what a knucklehead looks like. The second reason is we don't want people to be a knucklehead. So once they know what they look like, they shouldn't be a knucklehead. And the third reason is on that rare occasion that we strike a balance of humor throughout this um, idea of knuckleheadedness. But anyway, so I came up with these three knuckleheaded things for myself this week for Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And they're also the other segment we do, which is things not to say or do with people with PTSD. (laughs) They represent both. And uh, so the first one, uh, Stephanie, is you might be a knucklehead if you don't listen to people with PTSD and what they're saying to you. You know, Mm -hmm. some of us generalize, we shut those things off. We, you know, we quickly want to understand what, I know people who finish sentences. Can I tell you something? I don't like sentence finishers. If you're a sentence finisher, stop it. (laughs) Don't do that, man. Let the person finish their sentence. That's all I want to say. I just wanted to get that off my mind. So anyway, that's also the thing you don't do or say to people with PTSD, you don't do, you don't not listen to them. You can't zero in on their atmosphere, make believe you're part of their clan, make believe you're part of everything going on, then not listen. That's a pretty big sin to people with PTSD, Stephanie. I don't know if you want to add to that, but I do believe it covers both areas. Yeah, I think, I think you did a really good job there. Ditto to everything except the whole, you know, song part, but that was prior. Yeah. Yeah. Well, certain things in life we got to let go of. And uh, here we are. We're in Proverbs chapter 7. I want to start with these first four verses. And uh, I really like these first four verses. And so a lot going on. Last time we were all together, I told you I was having some major bone and jaw surgery. So I've had that. Thank you for your prayers. Still going through it. Uh, By the time you hear this, I probably will be through with the pain and be in good shape. Uh, But as I do this, you might hear a little bit of pain and pain medicine going on here in the background. But here it goes. It says, my son, keep my words and lay up my commandments with thee. Keep my commandments and live in my law as the apple of thine eye. Bind them upon thy fingers. Write them upon the table of thine heart. Stay unto wisdom. Thou art my sister and call understanding thy kinswoman. So I want to stop right there, Stephanie, and look at these first four verses. Now, As I read that to you, remember, we came out of five and six. We've been dealing with sexual immorality. We've been dealing with laziness. We've been dealing with financial accountability. We've been dealing with being a slug and all that. And now we're coming in. And what are you seeing here at the beginning of seven? Well, again, we come back to that principle um, of a godly parent, um, the emphasis that needs to be on every parent's heart to be one that you are spirit-led that God is your guide because you can't don't, don't be one of these parents that acts all spiritual and internally you're a whited sepulcher full of dead men's bones to borrow Jesus. Um, Jesus of the Pharisees, because if that's, if that's your version of being a godly parent, wow, your kids will throw away your commandments. Yeah, They won't listen to you because you're not worth following. And I have seen parents like that. I currently know parents like that, that it's like your children are products of who you are um, and the kids are a mess. So when I, when I look at this passage, obviously that's um, 
a massive one that I see right off the bat is in order to be able to say, my son, keep my words and lay at my commandments with thee, you better be a parent that's worthy of that. You better be a parent that's worthy of that trust, of that level of commitment from your children to, to follow you. You know, that we can be parents that, like Paul, you know, we can say our children, follow me as I follow Christ. I mean, that's a pretty incredible thing to be able to say. And Paul didn't say that out of pride. That's in Scripture. That was a spirit-led um, challenge to the believers. And so to be that kind of parent, because that's in essence what Solomon was saying to his son follow me as I follow Christ. And so, but then when I, when I go to verse two, it says, keep my commandments and live. And the idea that Solomon was just passing along God's commandments in essence to his son. And the idea that following Jesus, following his word, we live in a world where even supposed Christians act like obeying God is a drudgery or is, you know, something that's going to make your life miserable. And what I see here is when you, um, you know, Jesus talked about fearing God and keeping his commandments. This is the whole duty of man. That is life. It's not, and it's not just life in terms of you'll have a good life. I think it's, it's talking beyond that in terms of this is the abundant life. This is what makes life worth living is doing what God wants you to do. And it's not a drudgery. It's what makes life fulfilling. That's lasting. It's not fulfillment. That'll be gone in five minutes. It's what is laying up treasures in heaven. And there is so much when it, when God says, keep my commandments and live. And this was written under inspiration. That's powerful. And it's so simple. Yeah. Yeah. I I think there's a lot here and exactly what you're saying. I think right in the beginning, you know, here we go. And he's saying, son, keep, keep my commandments, you know, keep my words, these things I've taught you. And, you know, I think I, so let me give you some background. I've been studying the book of Jeremiah. You know, I just finished up with the book of Jeremiah. Now I'm in Lamentations. I've been, I've been going through Psalms, you know, as part of my Bible reading. And now I'm in 2 Corinthians. But this is the thing that affected me throughout the book of Jeremiah. And Jeremiah had a pretty major effect on me as we're dealing with Judah and Israel and the different kings and things of that nature going on. And one of the things that caught my attention is these people just refused to take the words and make them part of their lives. Mm. You know, and so I guess what I'm saying is, you know, this podcast or, or this radio program is not about applying words. We don't say, you know, I've got a boo-boo here. I've got a cut here. I'm going to apply this verse to it for this temporary or this, you know, finite period of time. And then I'm not going to need it anymore because I'm going to get better. You see, that's a corrupt way of looking at things. That's the way medicine looks at things. And it's great to get your cut fixed. And it's great to be medically helped. I just had surgery on my bones and my jaw and stuff. I get that. But what God's trying to teach us here in the book of Proverbs is it's not about applying something for a finite period of time. It's it's not about throwing a verse on top of something. It's about, uh, I think Solomon telling his son, it's not about any of that. It's about putting these words in your heart and obeying them and living them. You know, putting them in place, not applying something here and there. People misunderstand what we do at Wounded Spirits, what we do as PTSD ministry folks. We don't, uh, you know, we certainly we apply verses to certain things, but we don't apply them as a temporary fix. 
we bring these verses forward so you can, so they become real to you, so they become part of your life, so it makes a difference who you are. It makes a difference how you're doing those things. And I think that's what we're seeing here is we got to understand that. And then, you know, in, in that verse, he's saying, lay up thy commandments and then keep my commandments. And uh, I, I like this and live. So there's an <laughs> idea, you know, being saved doesn't naturally, you know, naturally equate or doesn't automatically equate to living a spirit-filled life. And for some reason, as I'm looking at this verse, this is what's coming to my mind. So, you know, somebody can accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and still be the most miserable slug on God's green earth. You know, because, you know, they're not, they're not living a spirit-filled life. They're, they're outside of what needs to be done spiritually. They're not plugged into that spirit-filled life. And I, they're still filled with the flat. They're still being ruled and controlled by their, by their, flesh yeah. the human flesh which is always going to be corrupt and he's saying keep my commandments and live i i and it doesn't mean live physically for 200 years or or everlastingly right. it's saying keep these commandments and live a life that only god can give you and live a life yeah. that only comes to those who serve the kingdom of god who are all in who want to be part of this i think that's what it's talking about there yeah i think it's a different level stephanie and and it even goes on to say, in my law, as the apple of thine eye. So in the olden days, people used to look at your pupils and think they were shaped like an apple. Yeah. And so the way they use this expression is the apple of my eye, that you're really zeroing in on something and it becomes really part of your life. You want to look at every, you know, second of what they're doing. Every instrument, my son is the apple of the, my eye, my husband, my wife. I mean, we all get the point. It's really focusing in on those things and making it so the law becomes an apple of your eye. It's something that's important. It, it's something that you want to live by. It's something that you want to sign up for. And, yeah. you know, and that's what I'm seeing there. That whole thought is we need to protect our eyes and, and, and you know, make the apple of the eyes the things that are going to protect them, the things that are going to protect mm-hmm. our hearts, the things that are going to keep us emotionally in the right place, keep us emotionally plugged in, keep us you know, maritally uh, in a place we need to be and in things of, you know, whatever walk we're at in life. And, and that really catches caught my attention that this is really valuable. It should be the apple of your eye. It should be what you're doing. This is of more value than you can even imagine. And then going on to three there, three kind of has a, uh, a thing with me here where it says, bind them upon thy fingers, write them upon the tablet of thine heart. And, and again, we, we talk about hiding things in our heart. We, uh, it's kind of like having, uh, I guess an iPad in your heart and except even bigger than that, it's, it becomes part of your heart, your heart and your mind are hooked together in God's world. And, uh, so you want to, you want to list these things in your heart. You want to make sure that you lean on these things that, that these things make a big difference and, uh, that you understand that. And then it says, say unto wisdom, thou art my sister and call understanding thine kinswoman. And, uh, so, you know, regarding wisdom as a sister, being the nearest kin, um, you know, looking out for each other, taking care of each other, uh, talking about, you know, we, we, the law gives us strength to stay, stay away from these seductresses we've looked at, uh, 
this immorality we've talked about, this ability to get lazy, this ability to do bad things. And so, Stephanie, this is one of these places where I think you can be a really great help to us. You're raised as a pastor's kid. You know the laws. You, you know the precepts of God's Word. I mean, you're studying it week in and week out. You're, you're doing your devotions. You're, you're going to church at least three times a week. You're assembling Scripture. I mean, your whole life was based upon God's Word, and great for uh-huh. that. But, I mean, isn't there a place where it's got to become you or you're going to rebel? Yeah, yeah. Um, I know I struggled, and not as much, I don't know that I would call it rebellion, but you, every, every single human being has to come to a point where what you've been taught, whether it's good or bad, becomes you. And... You know, that's why abusers often raise abusers because that child, and I've seen this for narcissists, raise narcissists. Unless those, unless those children choose to say, no, I'm not going to be this way, they will become a narcissist because that's what they've been trained to do. And, you know, someone who makes that choice when they've been raised and trained or watched up close and personal evil, they're an overcomer when they make that choice that, no, I'm not going to be like this. Yeah. The same goes for being raised in a Christian home. You have to come to that point of this is my God. And what he is teaching me isn't based on what my parents told me. Yes, those are building stones. But I remember I was about 13, 14, and I was really struggling. Um, I had seen hypocrisy up close and personal. And I was really struggling with, do I really want this life? And not that I was, I wasn't anti-God in any way, shape, or form. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't, that wasn't the struggle. The struggle was the commandments and all of these things. And was my God, was the God of my father going to be my God? And I'm so thankful that I have a dad who has always, since I was about eight, nine, has earnestly sought the Lord and had to come to those points himself um, of what do I really believe? What's, what's really truth? And so I'll, I'll never forget. I just asked God for help because I didn't, I was a kid, you know, you're, you're going through a ton of stuff at that age anyway. And coming to that point of, no, this is, this is truth for me. And there was so much freedom that came with that. There was joy. I do. I wasn't living with questions and not that it's wrong to question, but I wasn't living with the question of what am I going to do long-term? Yeah. It became set and I have no regrets. Do, does God teach you? Do you change? Do you prayerfully become a more loving, more kind, more gentle, more compassionate person who is being transformed in the image of Christ by all means? But coming to that point of, of that crossroads of, am I going to keep God's commandments and live, or am I going to go down a path that will end God only knows where? And so, yes, I, I really believe it doesn't matter where you're raised um, as much as what you choose to do with the information God gives you. When he, when he brings you to points of decision with truth from his word, what are you going to do with it? You have to make that choice which direction you'll go. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think in summary, you know, look at all this. It, it really comes down. There's a great benefit 
you know, there's an importance, a great benefit. I think it's very important to value God's wisdom and to make it part of who you are and to plug it into your lives. And, you know, far too often we can get off on the wrong place. We can get turned sideways, upside down, whatever the case may be. But if we've got it written in the tablet in our hearts, if it's real to us, if we stop and and we think about, you know, what God's word has just said to us and it and it's saying, you know, just keep God's commandments. The father's saying, listen, I'm representing God. You know, I've got 700 wives. I got 300 concubines, whatever you want to say it. I got a thousand. My life's all been messed up, but keep my words. Don't look at my life. Keep my words or keep God's words. Yeah. And, uh, you know, make wisdom like a sister, something you value, something you love, something you place on a pedestal and, and, uh, and those things, it's very valuable for you to do that. It's, it's very important uh, that you value wisdom. And I guess that's what it's getting at today. I think that's what it's all about is understanding that we, you know, there's wisdom and the opposite of wisdom is folly or foolishness. And a little bit of folly gives you a whole lot of trouble. And no yeah. So I think I really believe that the, the greatest lesson today that I'm learning or that I'm seeing is, Hey, let's lock this wisdom in my heart. Let's know about it. Let's remember this isn't, you know, a one verse, one application, one bandaid. This is a way of life. This yeah. is accepting God's ways for your life. Uh, make it a part of your life, not begrudgingly. Uh, this is coming to a place where you realize that you're here because of God. You serve God. It's all about God. It's always been about God. It's never been about us. And once we get that, once we reach that level, oh, how God can do a work in our lives. And I think that's where we're at today. And, and folks, I know we go through those times where the world's upside down, where life isn't, the flashbacks are showing up, all those things are going on. But we have a responsibility at that point. Do we plug into God's wisdom? Do we look in our hearts for that wisdom? Have we loaded it in there? Or do we go through a real tough period again? And, and you really get to decide. You really do. You really get to make that decision. Hey, we love you, folks. We hope this has been a blessing to you. If we can do anything to help you, make sure you look for us at Help a Wounded Spirits. Again, we've been telling you the reason for this podcast is to help you get to the next step with your relationship with Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. So if you're not saved, please listen to every word Brother Eric's has to say. If you are saved, listen to every word Brother Eric has to say and share it with the next guy. We hope you have a wonderful day. May God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth, and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way.
God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.